The following is a hoop ball presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Friday's edition, our Friday weekend combo platter here on Fantasy NBA Today, a hoop ball presentation. Got a good one for you today. Talking to the big dog, Aaron Bruski, founder of Hoop Ball, the legend himself, creator of the Bruski 150, creator of the term cash counters in fantasy basketball. Big money league winner. I don't have the stones to play in those things. That's coming up in just a matter of moments. Last week, if you listen to our Friday show, you know exactly what Bruce said we'd be talking about on this Friday's episode, so I'm not even going to tease it here right in the outset. You're going to hear that topic very shortly. Continuation also, by the way, of yesterday's discussion on the weird late second round, which did actually breed a little bit of a Twitter post-show discussion on how how to compute value, and it really comes down to scarcity of statistical category you can kind of say whatever you want about it but shout out to our friends at basketball monster for having the the current player rank page that everybody should be using i know uh hoop balls tech team is working on another really outstanding one when that arrives i'll be sure to tell you about it but at basketball monster right now you can see the actual value of every stat a player gets that's how value is calculated someone who is unreal at shop blocking for instance we talked about this with miles turner doesn't need to do anything else because blocks are so scarce particularly from players who aren't awful at any statistical categories and we could go on and on about this but I don't want to because Brew's coming up and I don't want to make that segment wait at all. Other than to say, first of all, hi, everybody. Hi. Uh, I'm your host, Dan Bespris. You can follow me on Twitter and you should at Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. Two things, three things to remind you guys of very quickly before we blitz into the fantasy stuff. One, if you want to be part of the Hoopball team, we are recruiting Full season DFS and betting divisions are all recruiting. Hit me up on Twitter at Dan Bespris. Again, you can just do Google search Dan from Hoopball if you want to find me that way. Hoopball leagues remain open. We are now up to, I believe, 17 or 18. Last year we had 22. I'm guessing we're going to just zip right past that in the next week and a half as, again, more of you guys start to tune back into fantasy basketball. You can reach out the same way at Dan Bespris on Twitter. And third, please subscribe to the podcast if you're listening to the fir- for a first time or first couple of times hitting the subscribe button is colossal not only because it gets a like a chunk of downloads all at the same time but when people are downloading shows and people are subscribing to shows that's what moves the thing up the charts on apple that in the reviews so if you guys have the time to do those things i would be uh, appreciative forever if you don't have social media by the way and you're trying to reach out to me about hoop ball leagues or recruiting please send an email to teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. I'm sure everybody's just kind of been waiting from last week because last Friday, Brew, you teased 
one of the most popular topics in all of fantasy sports, and that is the first round. The first round. The weirdness, the chaos. And since you teased that, I haven't even said hello to you yet, but I will, don't worry. Since you teased that, I've been seeing more and more the weirdness of the second round, which I spent a few minutes on uh, Thursday's, yesterday's podcast. So we got a couple of topics to cover today. I'm sure you have some B-150 thoughts because that's coming out in five days. But before we dive into all of that, I'm going to give you the Uncle Leo treatment. Hello. Hey. <laughs> Hello, I'm not Jerry. I'm going to a paper bag over here. <laughs> it's coming down the chute, man. How are you? How's the B150? How's uh how's your your neck, your spine? How's everything these days? Man, well, um thankfully I got tapped into the pro sports trainer scene over here in Sacramento and um, it's amazing what happens when people care about your medical care. Dude, they'll beat the crap out of you, too. I've watched athletic trainers work on pro baseball players, and they they do not oh. go easy. Oh, no. it's I've, Actually, I've done this stuff called pain meditation, mm-hmm. and uh, that I did that as a response to the pain, right? I know. Obvious, right? <laughs> not that, necessarily. That, that, First, like um, hot yoga popped into my head, and I thought, that's pain in meditation form. Yeah, no, um, it's a thing. And when you're in that level of pain, you'll look for any edge you can get. And pain meditation actually works rather well for me because I already meditate. So I have both kind of modalities there. And so as I'm getting, you know, there's this armpit muscle, the subscapula that's in play here. (laughs) Here comes a one-star review. I can feel it. Yeah, I saw a couple people like, you know, you're going to start the thing at the 26-minute mark. And I was like, yeah, you go, Dan. You talk about nothing for 25 minutes. <laughs> that guy's just, dude, it's the same guy. Why does he keep listening? I know you're out there, man. I know you're listening again. What's up, dude? We, I don't know why you're still doing it. We appreciate you listening. Yeah. And we value you as a person. And um, we hope you stick around. But, <laughs> but this is just how we roll here. Yeah, and I generally, I talk about fantasy like the first four or five minutes. Then I do some miscellaneous like here's what's coming on the show type of stuff uh and even with you the first thing i said was here's what we're about to talk about so i don't know i don't know man Uh, you know you can't you can't make all the people happy all the time i think was a bob marley line i'm just Uh, gonna start every show from now on just screaming the name of seven basketball players in a row without context i'm just gonna yell names of players and then be like well he was talking about basketball at the beginning comparative analysis go go uh Giannis, um demar Derozan, um uh you know how hard it is to just pick a random basketball (laughs) so many um Sadiq Bay, anyway, you're, you're thinking about them hurting you. Yeah, yeah. They can, like the, this thing, this muscle, this subscapula is responsible for a lot that's going wrong. They get in your armpit and they just like they have the, 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 the one gal that works. She's like this hundred pound thing that's like, you know, she looks so sweet and kind. And she'll tell me she's like, I'm not trying to hurt you. And I'm like, you are definitely hurting me. And <laughs> then I go to my happy place in the pain meditation world and then I get through it. Um, so, no, actually, they've done a great job. Shouts to Epic Chiropractic. Shouts to Rise Therapy here in Sacramento. They they've sponsor. literally done what other doctors failed at miserably. Now and, pitch them uh, on a sponsorship. That's the next. Uh, that's the next. You know, 
maybe. Yeah. Actually, they know. have no problem with business. It's crazy. You know when somebody's good when there's like a line out the door and they everybody's smiling. Like so, that's... basically, like any gourmet waffle joint in West LA. That's what you've just described. Is my is my neighborhood down here? You can't. Well, probably now sounds in COVID, so you probably good. can. I'd, but not uh, before. That that sounds so good because part of when you have these injuries, you got to get really healthy. You can't eat waffles. Oh, my bad. Apologies. Anymore, you've got to just eat the good stuff. And uh, yeah, no, that's what that's what it's been all about is just getting in shape. I'm probably in the best shape of my life physically. Um, I can't wait to actually get healthy enough to do something with that, like go play basketball, blah, blah, blah. But um, actually, um, while doing all that, this B-150 stuff is... You know, it, it's it's competition, man. It gets me up in the morning. It makes me fired up. Like, I've worked on this thing for four months, it feels like. Maybe three months? I don't know. It's been a while. Have and- you... Sorry, I, I, I think you're about to answer this question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Have you seen as much analyst discrepancy ever as this, this season? This, this is the most the, I've ever so seen. So I had the great reveal. Like, every year there's a point in time when I get to finally look at my ranks and then to go, all right, I'm going to move everybody around. And then you do that and you're like, you're looking around at kind of what everybody else is doing and you're like, you know who your team is, you know who's going to be on like 10 of your teams. Um, And it's, this year it's wild. I did not expect the value on the board that we're seeing this year. And it's, it was shocking how much value is on the board. Why do you think it happened? I surmised on yesterday's show that it's because of this weird missing month in the off season where no one... Like there was we no all, news. There was no news, and we're all having a lot of trouble holding data in our brains right now. So, like, no one can remember the same things, so we all have different lists. I've seen generally what some of your lists look like, and they're not the same as my lists, which is weird. We usually have a lot of stuff in common. I mean, there's some, and we're not going to get into all the, the specifics, but uh, I, I haven't come across a single analyst that has the same list as another one. And when I say the same, I just mean like similar. Everybody has their guys. It's it's going to be a free-for-all on draft day this year. I don't know what the hell is about to happen. Well, we're going to draft it blind. <laughs> like, honestly, no, I'm not kidding. Like, I, I've not been this confident in a list. I thought last year would be the year. And I think we talked about this a little bit last night was like all the crazy run-up and the time that didn't exist and just the Mm -hmm. craziness of covid and everything that you know we were excited that we were going to just blow everybody out the water because we had you know more experience dealing with everything and then therefore you can deal with that crazy situation better and and it ended up being that the board was pretty good i mean heck what was it i forget how many 13 out of 16 top four finishes whatever the number was you know that, that we had in the nfbkc and just the so like the the results were there, but like I didn't after doing all the analysis, I didn't look at that year and like it didn't jump off the board the way this year is jumping off the board. When I so it's like I'll put it to you this way: usually there's about ten to fifteen candidates for the HB six that that piece that we do after draft season. You know, after draft cut. season, people. Yeah, he after draft season. If you want that stuff, go to the draft guide and look at sleepers and look at players to reach for or sort the B one fifty, you know, by ADP or whatever, and you can find all that stuff. You know, everybody asks for this thing because it's marketed well. It's <laughs> a snazzy name. <laughs> Who knows? Actually, maybe we'll have the hoop ball eight. 
Oh my goodness! There are too many candidates to you know honorable. No, mention. not because of that, but I just think that you know maybe Hughes and Panda should have a seat at the table. I don't know. I'm oh, there you go. Yeah, we'll pick our plan with ideas. I get my hoop ball one. He gets his hoop ball one. We add it to your yeah, six. I, I see. I ain't given, I ain't given a, a, a six, especially <laughs> not my... this year. Because like so anyway, there's ten to fifteen candidates for that. There are thirty candidates, Dan. Oh, thirty. Oh my goodness. And what I define on a hoop ball six is like. Just a, just a massive. It's it's either a massive value jump or it's a, in the top ends of drafts like, you know those needle moving moves that like you 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 could jump like either like you'd be a half dra- half draft jumper from the later rounds, and you might not cover as much ground as like a two round jumper in the early rounds. You we know? need to. Uh, I want to remind people again that the reason we speak about it like this, the hoop ball six that Bruce talking about is. More of like a, hey, these were the guys from the B-150 that you that we ended sh- up getting. That, yeah, that you should have seen. So that's the, I think that's the confusion for folks. Is they're like, hey, where's the hoop ball six? And we're like, it comes out after draft day. And like, what? That doesn't sound right. But I'll remind everybody, you can kind of figure it out if you just look at the B-150 once that comes out and compare that to where guys are going. That's kind of the, the, the bulk of it. And so you can kind of reverse engineer it a little bit. But uh, B-150, five days away. Could you drop it sooner if you were ready? Or do you, you need those five um, days, right? Well, the, the hard part is the typing side. And I, I, I need to sit down and do the player comments. That's, that's probably the most oh, with your, consuming. <laughs> with your voice to text this year. They're going to be extra weird. <laughs> <laughs> you might see some. Well, it just depends on how much uh, editing that takes place yeah panda but, paging panda oh panda doesn't want any panda's <laughs> not gonna be doing any of that <laughs> oh, he probably I'm... wants to but he doesn't want it he, he don't want any of that but, 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 but here's okay so there's that many candidates that are just off the top of the list right now that could be hb6 candidates there's another 30 that would qualify in other years that are jumping three four rounds so that's are we at sixty now? Did I am I? We're at sixty, and it's it's crazy because like that's just an absurd number. That's half like, your starting lineup. Well, no, it's like six five times your starting. Yeah, I was gonna lineup. say if you got all of them, I, yeah, you have you've now. Yeah, yeah, five no, teams. I mean like you're gonna be able to do whatever you want, like you know when you want, how you want. So it really I, comes I, down to when to go get these guys. It's the draft yeah, theory that's stuff, that game theory, and it's um. And then, you know, I'm I'm gonna try to sit back and take a look and see, like, you know, is there a dearth of, you know, guys in one area? Is there a, a lot of, you know, can I get those same stats from like ten different mm. guys, um, you know, so I can go get the one guy and and then wait on whoever from the other the other category groupings? And that's what I love about fantasy basketball is those those questions and answers get really specific to your settings in your league and the draft as it's happening and if you're in an auction draft like that makes it even crazier um so all that stuff is coming into play it's just it's wild that there's that much value on the board for uh us to to plunder Mm. um so I, I i honestly think and i'd have to go look at it i think this is like not even close the most value that I've seen on the board. Yeah. And I think and, it's because there's so much disagreement that no one, there's knows. a lot of players that are equally also like not equally valuable, but they are 
I mean, the, the, the lines of distinction are, are just not there. Like when, when we talk about the first round stuff, that is probably, I actually I put it to you this way. I actually said, do I want the 11 pick this year? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> this, this is a perfect, this is a perfect segue to what I talked about a little bit on yesterday's show. Who wants the 11 pick ever? Yeah. That's the thing. The middle to the beginning of the second round, forget the first round, is uh, a treasure trove. And the end of the second round, things start to get a little bit weird. Is that also what you're seeing? Is that why you you said that? Because that's that's been my uh, my experience in a few mock drafts so far. Is that like around pick twenty or twenty one, you start to have to make really difficult decisions. That if you're even like three picks earlier than that then you're getting someone real juicy in the first and you're probably picking from like three really juicy guys in the second too. But late second, I know we promised we were going to talk about the first. I think late second is becoming one of the hardest spots in the draft this year. Yeah, and that's always um, a spot where we get our guy. Like it's because like there will be somebody with a top 15 valuation sitting there that's that nobody's drafting that has an adp of like 32 and you're just like well screw it yeah and you end up with that player on every team it feels like um that is always in play but you're right like i have the second round is going to be it's probably going to be where i stuff a player that you know i probably don't i'm not like super excited about in terms of like relative value um, but I know that I'm going to get another bite or two at the Apple for players that I have valued higher. Yeah, that's the order that again. That's the order again. How do you? That's that's I think what makes that second that late second area so difficult is that uh, I know I I'll speak to my own stuff because I haven't actually seen the B150 yet. I I know I have a handful of guys between like 30 and 50 that I really feel good about. I'm, like, oh, I'm pretty mu- pretty sure I'm going to get two of these guys, one in the third and one in the fourth. I don't feel like I really want to go spend pick 21 on them, but I also might have to because I'm not sure I want the guys in front of that spot. And I know that this is like a really convoluted series of thoughts to try to follow for anybody listening to a podcast. This is not a video, so I can't like pull up the Charlie map behind me <laughs> to try to show what my brain is doing. But I think that's kind of what you were talking about, which is, you know, maybe you just take the guy in the second that's going around that point and hope that, and maybe that'll be like a pretty fair return. Not a win, not a loss. You just get your guy. And then you can even get the bigger wins in the third and fourth. Let me, let me do the math real quick. And you can tell me if I'm, if I'm hearing this right. Let's say we have picked like 21 in this late in the second round, pick 21. You take a guy that, yeah, maybe you, the only you haven't targeted for like twenty two as your finish. It's not even a win. He's he's actually a one slot loss. But you have these guys that you know have slotted for like top fifteen, you know, fifteen or sixteen. That sure you could take them at twenty one, but they'd also still be on the board at what does that put it twenty eight? Is that the next pick at the next one? I think I'm doing the math Unless right there. You got third round reversal, right? And then third you round reversal. One. It's even a little bit more dramatic of a. Right, yeah, you'd be a little bit later there. But the reason you do that is because in scenario A, which we just described, you got the guy that finished 22, you got the guy that finished 15. If you go the other way and you take the dude you're targeting at 21, which is the guy that's finishing at 15, the guy that you have ranked higher, 
the guy that's set to finish 22 may be gone before your next pick, and you might be stuck taking someone that you have set to finish 25, 26, something like that. So your pair is either 22 and then 15, or 15 and then 26. You want the first one because they're earlier finishes. That's the game theory part that I think is messing with people, myself included, late in the second round. Is there a perfect solution to that, Brew? What do you do? I mean, you mocks, I assume? You got to be omniscient, man. You got to know all. Mm. <laughs> you gotta, Pretty like, much. I, I'm, I'm, being, I'm being facetious. Like, it's, you have to, you just got to get it right ultimately and that's a guess at the end of the day what other people are going to do with their picks um i always you know like i don't know how somebody else might do this but like i kind of know because they'll either reach out to me or maybe i'll see their name somewhere you know people who have bought the b150 so that's for me always playing a part of it you know if i'm surrounded in drafts by a five six seven eight you know b150 purchasers i have to play things tighter um if you're in a league and nobody knows, then I would just be plundering. <laughs> then it doesn't even right. matter. I would, I'd script my draft out before I went. Um, Cause you'll get, you'll get <laughs> at least 12 of the 60 guys you're looking at in a league like that. It almost doesn't matter what you, order you, you do I, I've done those drafts and you might not like, so I've had some drafts where I've gotten nobody outside of my top, top 50 in a situation like that. Mm. Well, so, that's boring. I mean, you're, you're just stacking <laughs> 12 to 15 top 50 years, you know, and, and then you can win just like by not even paying attention to your team. It's almost unfair. Wow. What a level. snooze. I, I want to do something in the middle of the season. Okay. So we talked about the second round, which I sort of inserted into our discussion today because I thought it was, it's becoming a thing. We did promise first round discussion. Um, question i guess is where to even begin how about i go back to you saying you wanted the 11th pick can you tell me why um i don't know if i was going to go if i can go that deep and and there's probably some differences in eight and nine cut that that matter there um but like the question of who to draft i think everybody's coalesced around Jokic at one yeah that that's kind of what i think i think folks have coalesced around curry at two but i kind of don't want to like say that because I have a feeling you're going to see like Giannis and Luca. Yep. And you know, that it just happens. And, and I'm just, you look at it, you're like, what the hell just landed in my lap? Mm-hmm. Okay, thank mm-hmm. you. I'll take Steph Curry. And um, so like, I'm probably giving away a lot by saying that, but that's what's out there right now that I've noticed. Um, no, I agree. After, I agree. After yeah, that, I it's like right. completely a crapshoot. Like I, I've seen cases being made for Cat. I've seen cases being made for James Harden. I've seen cases made for Luca. I've seen cases made for maybe that's the end of the list. There, Dame. May, yeah, maybe Dame. You know, people look at Dame as highly reliable. Um, so people are really struggling with what to do with that third pick. And you go down the list and, you know, it's kind of um, there's not a lot of difference until you get probably out of the top 10 picks or so. So to answer your question, I don't think 11 is good. I think 10 might be. the number. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I yeah. don't like that at all. I have never never. If I get the 10 pick, it's usually because the universe worked against me or something. Um, and, and yet here we are. Yeah, because there are some really quality options. I mean, you look at guys like Jason Tatum. You know, mm-hmm. what what are you gonna 
like they can't really say anything negative about that guy's game. Like he's going to improve. He's been fairly healthy. Um, you know, there's no like huge red flag there. You know, where would you put that guy? You know, he doesn't have the high end gear of a Joel Embiid, you know, but you know, so those are the questions that are being asked right now. Um, when you look at and two of the characters in this dance are James Harden and Kevin Durant. Well, how's that going to go? I yeah, mean, what kind of a hit do you think happens if they're actually all... Like, do we know that James Harden lost his 30 pounds of get-out-of-Houston weight last year? There, there was a question that I had. Did he have the little man creep in his head? Because he was so passive. And yeah, injuries, I get it. Um, but it was like he forgot how to shoot and, and got really scared of shooting. And you see that with players, you know, like they didn't have what they once had. So then they lose all confidence. Like did any of that carry over with him into this year is, and I'm not really waiting that as, as a possibility, but it's a a back of the mind thing. And when you're drafting in the first round and you're like, you know, I got either or situations here, you know, I got to deal with, um, you know, then that stuff is a little bit of a tiebreaker. Mm. Dame, can he be reliable forever? You know, it's kind of the end of the road in Portland. He's had some weird knee stuff, you know, yeah. with the, um, you know, the last season, you know, getting dinged up a couple times. Yep. Cat's got like three guys around him that actually shoot now. That's new. Cat, Cat was not in lockstep with that management move that happened. Although um, we're finding out that he probably should get into lockstep as it seems to be about a... Uh, a fair thing. Yeah, there, there was. It was funny because it was like, how'd they get the photographer there? <laughs> yeah, what the hell? But if it's an like, HR thing, then yeah, I mean, yeah, players. but still, like that's not how it works in organizations. There's so much crap like that that goes on, and this is like, oh, they didn't want him there, so they knew about that, and they were like, hey, let's get that. You know, this is just me speculating. I haven't dug in on this or anything. It's just I saw tweets and I saw pictures and I saw whatever, you know, like that's it's like they were ready to pounce on that guy. And and then all the stories come out. Nobody liked him anymore. And just like all that stuff. Cat was not on board with that. He has been the guy of, you know, does not miss games. And that was the, the primary concern last year is that that can't just keep happening. And so he, um, you know, he had his injury risk. So he's not clear of risk. You've and, basically and just given me a reason not to draft, draft any of these of guys, except for like Jason Tatum, who we were talking about at nine, but now suddenly doesn't sound that horrible at three. <laughs> well, I mean, it's what theory are you going with? Like, are you, you know, you, I've seen you talk all the time about like, you just can't get these picks wrong. No, you can't. You got to have, especially in the first and second round. I mean, you got to, even in Games Cap Roto, you need a guy that's going to play 90% of his team's games. If you can find that with your first and second rounder, then, I mean, you basically guarantee no worse than like a fourth place finish in your league. Because the guy, yeah. it, it's, it's such a simple thing, but it's also very hard to actually cool. get it right. Like Jokic, the fact that he was good and played a ton of games. Pretty much every team with Jokic was a top two seed last year. That's how impactful uh, he, he was. He crushed. What if you found that again? What if you found, like, what if that, I don't know, like, Kevin Durant's not going to play every game. Harden's not going to play every game. Uh, Dame, he'll try, but he probably won't either. I mean, he'll probably play more than those other guys we just talked about. But, 
Uh, and then Luca and Giannis, they make absolutely no sense in a nine cat roto format. Um, eight cat closer, I guess, but the free throw thing is a bugaboo there. So you start to look at guys a little farther down the board. Does Cat come back and play more games? Tatum, uh, like Beals going around the turn. Who can you trust in that realm? That's actually, it's funny that you brought up the Steph thing because I did a. I did a mock with uh, with Josh, and he was like, I'm giving you the third pick because uh-huh. I want you to have to figure out what everybody else is trying to figure out, which is what to do after Jokic and Steph. And then the second guy took Doncic. And so I, <laughs> I didn't even have to do it. I was able to just go Steph there. I'm telling you, the worst is in these these highly, well, highly, comp- I was going to make a point about highly competitive leagues, but the worst thing about it in a highly competitive league is when you get one guy that does that, and there's a shark sitting right behind him. And then they gobble up whatever the and guy should have like, taken. Oh, come on, damn it. <laughs> like, are you serious? Because the, 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 now I'll lead into my point is it's about the competitiveness of your league. Like these really competitive world-class leagues that I'm in, we have to take the risk to win. Like you, you, cause somebody's going to take another risk. Okay. They, so they, here's the, what's the, what, this is the last question I have for you before I know uh, we got to put it's, a, it's, a pause. Uh, what's the risk? The what risk is, is like so they will use these methods of either like punting and roto, which is like a it's a kamikaze theory. Yeah, you know, it can work going, though. It can work. It's got to go perfectly, and I I'm not a fan of it. I have not done it. Um, no, but there could be somebody who does that, mm. and we're looking to get first, not second. So it's like, all right, then I might plan for more upside. Um, but if it's like a league where you know, like I said, I'm, you know, just, it's, it's not close. It, maybe, maybe take Jason Tatum and just like hope that this wasn't the year that, you know, that it doesn't work out. Yeah. Um, I mean, if he plays 81 games and he's like number 12 per and I game. I want to be clear with listeners. I'm not advocating that right now. No, probably not. No. Because uh, no. there are five guys that'll probably have a better per game output, at least between where Tatum's going and, and the three spot. And, and also, you never know when the healthy guy is going to get injured. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you really have to like, you have to give credibility to so many different angles and then mix it all into the B-150. Do you think Kevin Durant plays in uh, back-to-backs this year? What, the one thing, uh, the pro for his case is he's just mad right now. And he looks so good. <laughs> he looks so good. He doesn't, he's one of these players that, you know, doesn't have to do a lot to get his shots. So like, you know, some guys like hit the, hit the floor. Every, Isaiah Thomas was a guy that hit the floor every single time he took a shot because he had to. Kevin Durant just sits out there and shoots jumpers. You know, yeah, just, yeah. I don't know. So it just, he, could, he could possibly do it. That team though, like, are they sick of Kyrie yet? You know, that Stephen A report was kind of like strangely accurate. <laughs> He's an easy guy to talk about too. So we'll see. Uh, what do you want to talk about next week? Well, I guess we can figure that out off air. No one will know. I'll tease it on another show. Um, the great Aaron Bruski helping us solve the insanity of the first round by providing us with additional insanity. That's the <laughs> method to the say With no analysis. <laughs> with additional craziness. <laughs> At Aaron Bruski on Twitter. The man, the myth, the legend, the big dog. Arf, arf. We'll talk to you in a week. Peace. I have more questions I want to ask, but luckily, Brew's back almost every Friday. We're trying to bring it back. This is what a lot of folks' favorite 
episodes of Fantasy NBA Today. Remember early in this show's life cycle, whatever you want to call it, first, I think, two years of this pod, every Friday, Brew and I did a live show where we took questions on YouTube. That's not going to happen because he does not have any child care help on Fridays. My window is extraordinarily narrow in the middle of the day. But thanks to the magic of the recorded audio segment, we are going to be getting together to do these types of hits. The target is every week, and we'll see how that shakes out over the course of the year. Because, look, you guys need to hear from Brew. He's been so busy and beat up physically that, like, you just kind of had to do a little bit less other than get you guys winners. And this year, really excited to have the big dog back in the mix in a much larger capacity. That's a really good thing for you guys, and it's a really damn good thing for Hoopball as well. Well, thanks once again to Aaron Bruski, founder of our illustrious website, at Aaron Bruski on Twitter. Hoopball, of course, is at Hoopball Fantasy on Twitter. A couple of quick little NBA notes heading into the weekend. We're going to start to get this steady drip of actual NBA news because training camp starts next week. The B-150, Brewski's list, is out on Wednesday of next week in Hoopball 360 plans only. Hoopball 360 plan has the Fantasy Pass, our Wager Pass, and our DFS plan all rolled together. And then a lot of folks are getting it because the B-150 is in that earlier than any other plan. Five days later, you can get access to the Brewski 150 in what we're calling the Old School Bundle, which is wagering and full-season fantasy together. That's also a discounted two-subscription plan. Five days after that, it's in the Fantasy Pass. That's when most of you guys are going to get it. And then five days after that, it's in the Draft Guide solo a la carte deal, just taking the Draft Guide like a piece of pie off the tray as it rolls by. There are still some of you that are getting the Draft Guide. I know most of you, though, on the full-season side, the folks that are listening to this show are into betting secondarily and full-season fantasy, and that's the timelines of when folks are getting access to the Brewski 150. I want to complain very quickly. Guys, please, if like if you're in fantasy leagues, which I'm assuming you are if you're listening to this podcast and you're not just like my mom or something who's listening just to hear my voice, the you got to stop planning stuff the weekend before the season starts. You're killing me. You're killing me. Saturday and Sunday before the NBA season starts are for fantasy drafts. Leave them open next year. And I'll tell you right now, we know exactly when it's going to be. It's always that like third Tuesday in October. So next season's going to start October 18th. I'm already telling you guys this. This year's the 19th. Next year will be the 18th. And you can do this game over and over again until they probably have to go to the fourth Tuesday of the month. Like if it gets a little bit too early. Don't plan something. That's not the NBA news. That's just me being annoyed that I've had a lot of people say, oh yeah, I got a thing going on uh, three days before the basketball season starts. And then you have to have your draft a week and a half early, which again, the middle draft window is the crappy one. You either want to go crazy early, like now, four, five, six weeks ahead of time, where the board hasn't solidified yet, and so you can kind of you can embrace the chaos and find value that way. Or you go really late where the board has settled, but at least you have all of the data on who's hurt. For instance, not that this really is going to be a big, big deal, but Patrick Williams 
apparently hurt his ankle in whatever they're doing in Chicagoland, and he's expected to miss four to six weeks. That takes you into the start of the NBA season. We got a timeline on Kobe White's return, uh, expected back in November, but he's not a guy you should be targeting anyway. And then I thought, uh, Avery Bradley, by the way, signed with the Warriors also. That's uh, another small piece of news. But I thought there was one piece of slightly larger news that kind of squeaked past most fantasy websites. I didn't see anybody pick it up. So I had to throw it out into the the mix there, and a lot of people seemed appreciative of that. Uh, Ian Begley, who covers the Knicks and the Nets for SNY TV, tweeted that Mitchell Robinson actually has not been cleared to play basketball yet. I think we all figured that he was going to be ready to go because he got hurt, what, March? Early April? That's five months ago, at the very least. So we all just figured he'd be fine by now, but apparently he's not. We're closing in on opening day, which means a couple of things. Number one, if he's hurt to start the year, I don't think you can draft him. Even though, you know, the shame of this whole thing is that Mitchell Robinson has slid now to where he's probably set to be a value play this year, but we don't have a great timeline yet. This might change if your draft is in two to three weeks. We might know more about what he's expected to do and when. But in the meantime, you can't draft him. If you have a draft going right now, you can't draft Mitchell Robinson after this news flashed by. And the other side of that equation is everybody's looking at Nerland's Noel, and obviously he would be the massive beneficiary of this, as he was last year when Mitch Rob missed a little more than half the season. But I don't know if you can draft Nerland's right now either, because in three weeks we might get a report that Mitchell Robinson is like a week away from playing, and then suddenly you've now spent whatever it is, your 75th pick on Nerland's Noel, and he's only going to get like one week of starting before he moves back to the bench. I still think there's value with Nerlens, even as the reserve, but not someone you're taking in the first seven rounds. Someone you're taking between 100 and 150, somewhere in that neck of the woods. And, if you know, training camp is going to probably swing this the same way it did last year. I was just yelling about this two days ago with Adam King, uh, or I guess he and I recorded that three days ago, I guess, um, how last year during training camp, Mitchell Robinson was hurt, Nerlens Noel started, and then they flip-flopped once Robinson was better, but it was too late. Fantasy players had glommed onto the Nerlens' starting thing, blew up his sleeper value late, and then I only got him in one league. And that might happen again this year. I would say this, though. I don't think folks are going to get suckered quite as much. Everybody knows that Mitchell Robinson's the starter when everybody's healthy on the Knicks now. We, I guess, didn't know that for sure last year. We all figured it was the case, but then the fact that no one knew that someone was hurt, so then when Nerlens was starting during training camp, it was like, oh, Tom Thibodeau, he's putting the young guy on the bench. This year it's, oh, the young guy is obviously out. Another reason to draft three days before the season starts. Draft the last damn minute. By then, we'll know. Is Mitchell Robinson going to play on opening night? We'll know. If he does nothing during training camp, he's not going to be ready for opening night. If he gets in there towards the end of training camp, at least there's a shot, and he'd probably start the season coming off the bench and work up to it, but at least you're not grabbing an injured guy at that point. Ah, man, early drafts. Early drafts, rough. Middle-of-the-road drafts are rough. You got to go real freaking early or real freaking late. That's the way you got to do it.
And this sucks, too, because last year we talked about how there were probably going to be two centers in New York with fantasy value. And there were for a stretch, although Robinson getting badly hurt kind of derailed that. This season could very well be the same thing. I think if the Knicks are fully healthy at any point this year, Mitchell Robinson probably plays about 27, 28 minutes a game. Nerland's probably about 20, 21, somewhere in that neck of the woods, which makes them both fantasy relevant nine cat roto type of guys tougher for either of them in uh head-to-head formats because you need Mitchell Robinson to be a two and a half block a game guy and he wasn't that last year and you need to make sure that Nerlens is actually playing every game which you know he's got his knee stuff he gets dinged up a little bit tough head-to-head grabs both potentially solid roto grabs but we just don't know who's right going into the opener My guess, and then we'll wrap things up, my best guess is that Mitchell Robinson is not quite ready to go on opening night or is just barely getting onto the the sort of full tilt type of play where he's active, but he's not, you know, active, if you catch my meaning. So in that case, Nerlens would start for a few games, whatever it happens to be at the beginning of the year. We don't know. Anywhere between like one and six or seven games, and then they flip, which I think makes Nerlens, and that's actually a way that both guys could end up being kind of an interesting fantasy value. Now, if we find out late in the game that Mitchell Robinson isn't ready, is starting the year injured, you leave him alone, Nerlens ends up getting overdrafted. I think the best case scenario is that Mitchell Robinson is getting there, starts the season coming off the bench, gets underdrafted, but you're still getting something out of him to start the year. Or if you're in a games cap league, you could just... You could leave him on the bench if you wanted to in your Roto League, but still, you know, startable, even if maybe just outside the top 100. And then as he works his way up the board, he becomes a value play. And Nerlens Noel, who hopefully didn't get overdrafted, knowing that Mitchell Robinson was healthy enough to actually be on the basketball court, then he settles back into his more late round valuation. And both guys in that case could be okay draft day targets. But a long way of saying... We don't know yet. Monday, we will continue our exploration of the nine-cat Rotomach. We left off where? End of the second round? Yeah, pick up in the third round on Monday. By the middle end of next week, we should be talking to some of the pros from that mock. And then we'll talk to Brew again towards the end of the week. Because that's the way we do it here on Fantasy NBA Today. Again, hit me up if you want to join a hoopball league, be a hoopball recruit, uh, at Dan Bespris on Twitter, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. Google Dan from Hoopball if that's easier. And please subscribe to the show. Please, beg of you, hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. Please drop a five-star review if you haven't already. But the subscription button, actually the more important and certainly the easier of the two things to do. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. Countdown continues when we round it out on Monday. So long, everybody. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.